being able to say, okay, we might not agree now. We might not even know how to agree, but all we can agree is that over there, the mediation, the courtroom is not for us. We want to find a different way. And if you can agree enough on that to say, okay, so let's get some outside help in to figure this out with us, then I think you stand a chance. Welcome to the Power of Respect podcast with Charlie Likewise, author of The Power of Respect in Business. Charlie is one of America's foremost authorities on respect and leadership development in family business. And now, here's Charlie. Hello, I'm Charlie Likewise. Welcome to another episode of the Power of Respect podcast. Today, we are talking about respect and the human and relational side of family business. My guest today is Elizabeth Bagger. Elizabeth's passion for family business led to her establishing the Avanti Family Business Advisory. Earlier in her career, she worked for her own family business and subsequently in international and corporate governance. Elizabeth previously served on a board of sixth and seventh generation UK-based family business and sits on her own family business based in Denmark. She is the former director general of the Institute for Family Business in the UK, which is an organization she has served for 12 years. Elizabeth is a Danish national, spent 20 years in London, and is now based between U.S. and Mexico. Welcome, Elizabeth. Thank you so much. Delighted to be here. So when we, when we talk about some of the concepts you've been involved in, human and relational side of family business, it seems that's critical for the relationships to be built by the family to make decisions on both the family and the business itself in order for them to achieve whatever their desired legacy is. Perhaps you could share with us your experience facilitating conversations on that and the role that respect played in those conversations and and maybe even in the outcome. Absolutely. Thank you for that question. I think that the relationships um, that exist between family members who co-own a business together are absolutely fundamental to everything that goes on in the business and in the family. And what I've seen is that we have tended to pay a lot of attention to structure, which is important, and perhaps less attention to um, the relationships between family members. Sometimes it has to start with the relationship that each family member has with themselves, but then also in the uh, dynamics between people. And before we get those working properly, it can be really difficult to get structures to work effectively. So um, I've seen many families over the years who came to us and said, look, the governance structure isn't really working. And often it was a lack of trust or uh, there was some event that took place, maybe not even in the current generation, could be one or two generations ago that the family hadn't healed from. Um, It could be a breach of trust in the current generation. But whenever there is something getting in the way of people being open and honest with each other, um, then structure will not work. And then it's key to say, okay, let's step back. Let's look at what happens. Let's look at what the relationships are like. And sometimes it simply comes down to assumptions that we make about each other. We think we know why uh, cousin so-and-so uh, wants a higher dividend, or we think we know why somebody else uh, is making decisions the way they are in the marketing department. But the truth is that quite often we've made up our own minds about it because we haven't actually had the conversation. 
So in my work, I try to help families to have those conversations, to build that trust, to find that respect for everybody themselves and the other family members so that those conversations that need to happen can happen. It takes time, it takes patience, it takes courage, um, but you know, it just is such a tremendous thing when, when families are able to do that with each other. Yeah, no question about that. That to me is embodies generational engagement and the concept of making sure these conversations happen, but even more importantly, making sure conversations that have nothing to do with the business happen so people can understand, oh, that's my cousin and I've I've seen them once or twice a year and I understand what they're interested in. I, they know what I'm interested in, et cetera. So in terms of, of your facilitation of generational engagement or involvement in, in the business, uh, how have you executed that over the years? So when I get involved with a family, I, I always seek to really understand where the family's at. And I know that that takes time. Um, they're not going to open up to me on the first meeting. So I start with a survey. We figure out what's going on at a certain level. Then I have conversations with the individuals. And then we start to have group conversations. But whenever an issue pres presents itself, then we'll go back to individual conversations so I can dig deeper into what's going on if there is a particular issue that the family seems to be sort of tripping over. Um, and, and it's a process where like, we build trust with each other and they, so I and the client, but they also build more and more trust amongst themselves as the, as the work goes on. And it has to be a really, really gentle approach, um, has to feel safe for everybody. Um, they have to know that what's said in the room stays in the room. They have to know that um, what they say to me will never be repeated anywhere. So it really is um, a case of of having that kind of gentle approach, I think, to and a massive amount of respect from me to every person I talk to in a group, uh, I think is vital that they know that they're respected no matter what they tell me. Um, I will maybe hear something else from another family member that is contrary to what they said, but that doesn't mean that every single person isn't worthy of respect. So I think that's a real key key issue and and from what I see is that the minute people feel safe they open up but it's also human nature that once we open up we tend to withdraw a little bit again so it becomes a bit of a dance and if we know that in advance then we can take it one step at a time and build trust and accept that sometimes people feel vulnerable having shared and then we move at a slower pace for a little bit and other times you can move really fast when there is agreement, when people do get on with, people do agree with each other on the sort of headline um, issues in, in an area, then you can you can really move at pace. Mm -hmm. But, you know, every family is different and you just have to be really mindful of that, I think. Mm -hmm. Oh, exactly. Uh, and, and when I think of the interaction you're describing between family members and again, using the word engagement, when do you think engagement or generational engagement should begin in a business or a family? I think there are different stages that you can you can look at. And if you have a business that easily lends itself to introducing children to it, let's say you make something uh, food related or toys or something that children can really very easily understand and engage with, you can start very early. Um, but I also remember that I used to go to my mom and dad's business when I was um, a young child and, and I enjoyed it. I liked being there and had aspirations of, of working in the business from a very early age. Uh, so I think 
you know, if you can find a fun way to introduce them to little bits of the business, you can certainly do that. It's a great way to bring the next generation together if there are, if you're at a sort of um, cousin stage. Um, so so if if you can have a conversation with your five, six-year-olds about how to make bread or I don't know how to even fix small things. You can definitely do that and it can be really fun. And then they start to develop an emotional relationship with that business. Um, over time, you also want to introduce them to what the family owns, but perhaps at a slightly later stage and very mindfully and very gradually. Um, I've seen, I've seen, you know, young teenagers having a, a pretty good understanding, not necessarily of wealth itself but understanding of the possibilities they have and again I think it it comes with how the parents talk about it how they show up every day um, and and then once they get to the late teenage years they really do need to know about it I've also spoken to people who said I meet students who have no idea what the business does um, so I think that's a shame if you get to age 18 or 19 and you know there is a business but you actually have no idea what it does um, it's not to say it's too late, but it's ideal if they have an understanding at that stage, I would say. Right. And it, it seems it's critical for them to eventually understand the responsibility that comes with the ownership of that business, or at least the attachment to the family that owns that business. Uh, there has to be a, a way to engage them. It has to be a way to expose them. And I, I like what you're saying about the phases and steps. And it's it's not one size fits all. <laughs> it depends. It very much. No on a lot of different things. Um, and, and let's talk about the breadth of that understanding. One aspect is to understand the business itself, but it seems to me there's an element of understanding what communities the business does work in, who the who the customers and how they help customers with whatever product or service they're providing. Uh, talk a little bit more about how important that is for them to understand the value beyond the dollars of that business. Absolutely. And one thing I've also highlighted this connection is actually their own parents' relationship with the business. And I think that's a really important place to start as well. How do you talk about the business at home? Is it a source of problems or is it a source of joy? Of course, being in business is, is challenging. We know that and certainly not become less challenging <laughs> these last few years. But I think the key is if you're talking about the business in positive terms, your children will much more likely develop a positive relationship with the business. But if they see a business that takes their parents away all the time, where they see their parents stressed and worried and upset about it all the time, then that's a different story. So I think it has to start there. Uh, and then if they hear their parents talking about uh, members of the team or the customers they serve or the communities they serve, and they take them to see those things, then that can be incredibly engaging. Let's say um, you go and see a building that your family's built or you go and meet some of the people who live in the building or you go and and see some of the shops that you own and you interact with the customers that I think can be extremely fun and I've, I've seen younger children really enjoying that and and having fun with that and wanting to work there as soon as they're of an age where they can um, so I think that's important that's a great way to introduce younger family members saying you can come work here for the summer to give you a sense of what we are doing but also make sure that you give them a real job instead mm -hmm. of saying oh go and do something but make sure there is a role for them to to play uh, so they really get an understanding I think showing them if, if the family's engaged in philanthropy that's another great way to say you know we we want to be a positive force in the world and here are some of the things that we contribute to in that regard and I think it gives 
it gives children a really good sense of values and this is who we are as a family right and that concept of family values is so critical since it's the foundation for the beginning of the business and while they may change slightly over time the basic values are sort of like the cornerstone that need to continue forward through the family's dealings and through the business interaction with others absolutely and i think one of the things that's really interesting to think about here is okay we have a set of shared values that we abide by when it comes to the business that doesn't mean that you as a human being um, cannot have additional values that you live in your personal life and when you talk about combining those so everybody feels like hey i can be an individual and i can still be part of this that can be a very uh transformational experience for a young person who is looking to find their own way in life who wants to build their own um, individuality and i think if you say to them there's plenty of room for you to also have other values. We want you to be a person of value. And therefore, we're happy to explore both your personal values and how you can be part of contributing to the business values. I think it becomes a more holistic and maybe more authentic conversation about values. So you're not just expected to buy into a set of values um, that are there for the wider family or the business. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, in terms of... of family members becoming part of the business, whether they become part of the management side of the business or a board member, if there is a board, ultimately they're likely to be equity stake or owner of the business at some point in time. So when we look at the skill sets to run a business, many times you know the original founder and maybe the next generation have certainly built and worked in the business, but as the family grows, not everybody's gonna have that opportunity. So their skill set is gonna be different than the technical skill set from an outsider specific to that industry or product or whatever it is. So how, how do you advise people relative to the, the respect due to these softer skills or different skills that aren't purely technical in terms of the family's contribution to the business, even if they're not a director or, or, or a C-suite executive, et cetera, if that makes sense? Yeah, absolutely. I think the way I've always looked at it is that the family are the businesses absolutely best ambassadors so you want them on board even if they own no shares even if they don't work in the business but they're simply part of the family you have um, an opportunity to develop your best ambassadors uh, so that obviously requires engagement communication involvement it might be through family days it might be through fun shared activities where something about the business is shared as well those types of things if you then have somebody who is um, has an ownership stake in the business, you want to educate them about what that means. You know, what are their rights? What are their responsibilities? What does it mean to own shares in your business? Um, you know, if they wanted to sell, is there an option to do so? What would they get out of it? Those types of technical things are quite important to know uh, because, you know, those things can come up at a later stage. Um, I think it's also that kind of emotional ownership is really important. So again, it comes back to how do we develop that? It's again, engagement, it's fun. It's being having positive associations with the business, but as an owner, you do need some technical knowledge or well, you will be called upon to make uh, decisions on behalf of the business at times. So I think in, in many ways, you have to be really clear. What are you asking of your owners? And are you equipping them to be able to do that? And are you equipping them to be able to make decisions with other family members who are also owners and those aren't easy tasks we know that because you will have different 
people will have different views, especially, you know, let's say you have half the owners who work in the business and the other half who, who do something else. And so there will be an imbalance of understanding of the needs of the business. So you have to find a way of creating a common ground. And that is part education about the business, but it's certainly also part of the education about how are we in business together? How do we do this together? How do we have dialogue together back to respect, back to um, really learning how to talk to each other and all those types of things, back to being willing to let go of some of the assumptions we hold through a process. It's not going to happen overnight. You do want to find ways of doing that, structured ways of doing it. But those are some of the things that are required if you're going to make sound business decisions together. Right. And, and that that whole relationship building is, is certainly a problem. Relationship in general is a process. It's a longer term process. And we all gain our best experience through the, the bulk of that experience time frame. So to me, that's why you know generational engagement, the, the, the more the better uh, to be able to sort through those kinds of things in terms of differences, likes, dislikes, communication styles, attitudes towards each other or the business or anything else for that matter. So that when it comes time to, not everybody's going to agree, but they have to be able to come to a conclusion of moving forward. And I know that that's something that you, you recognize is important. I think in, in the book that I just wrote that's to be published to talk about moving it forward as opposed to into the courtroom. Uh, could you comment on that? Yeah, I think that's, that's really vital that you, that you find a way of wanting to move forward. That doesn't mean that you've already agreed on everything. It just means you're willing to say, let's find a solution. Because I remember I was, um, I was in a lawyer's office. I was waiting to talk to um, somebody because they were partnering with us as a as the organization I worked for previously and um, I was sitting with the rating room and this gentleman came over to me and said to me god you just don't want to get to mediation because by this stage it's too late um, he didn't know me he was just sharing an emotion that he was feeling at that time and I think that just stood out to me and I thought yes absolutely do not want to get into the courtroom because or even mediation you don't even want to get into the fork of the, uh, the law firm because by then it has become much more difficult to um to detangle whatever's going on so being able to say okay we might not agree now we might not even know how to agree but all we can agree is that over there the mediation, the courtroom is not for us. We want to find a different way. And if you can agree enough on that to say, okay, so let's get some outside help in to figure this out with us, then I think you stand a chance. Um, but there has to be, there has to be a willingness and there has to be an openness. But beyond that, you know, you, you if you have those two, you can definitely move forward. You can definitely uh, bit by bit get back on track even if it's going to take a long time and even if it's difficult and even if you're going to have to look at things you didn't think you wanted to look at, but it's always going to be worth it because once you end up in court, relationships are typically severed for life. And mm -hmm. most people I talk to say family is more important than anything else. No, that's right. Uh, you know, once you get to the point of an impasse that, that people take so deeply personally, it's very difficult to come back from that. Very difficult. 
it's like deciding, you know, who gives in first to break the logjam of emotions. And that's very difficult to do, as we see in history, not only in business, but in society and governments, et cetera, all over the place. Yeah. So let's let's turn back to you a little bit uh, in terms of your experiences, um, experiences where you can suggest where respect had a very positive impact on you or the lack of respect had a very opposite effect on you, if you can recall, if you could share some of that. I think um, one of the things that was interesting for me when I when I first joined our family business, I I, I did it straight out of university, and you know I I didn't know any better at the time. I hadn't met the Institute for Family Business or Family Business Theory or anything like that. So I jumped at the chance. Meant I didn't have to go and look for work, and I was already working part time in the business, and and I quite liked it. So that seemed to be a good match. Um, I was in my very early 20s. I'd go to trade shows. And we're in an industry where there were very few women at the time. So I probably struggled a little bit with that because I definitely got put into a box very quickly. Or she makes the coffee or whatever it was. And and so from that perspective, I think as a, as a very young woman at the time, and this was a long time ago, um, I struggled with that. And I'm not suggesting anybody was deliberately disrespectful to me, but I think I, ha I really felt I had to earn respect. It was certainly not something I felt was given to me at that time. Um, probably did me good to earn it, but um, but I, I do recall that. And I do recall as a young woman feeling very irate about the fact that I was put into that box. Um, yeah. So um, it's not a horrible experience or anything like that, but it, it's something I do remember to this day. And in positive terms, I think, you know, there was, um, again, maybe it's about earning respects. And, and I, I certainly enjoyed this experience in a different way. And I remember stepping into a room. I had, uh, I was working with two generations and I had been talking to the older generation. and They were my parents' age. And I don't think they'd realized my age until they met me. So they looked at me and they were like, oh, you're young. Uh, I didn't feel particularly young, but obviously to them, I, I was. And the husband, I could tell he was apprehensive, um, wasn't quite sure what I was going to do for his family. Uh, at that time, I'd had all the conversations with the wife. And then we had a whole day together and they realized that their sons were in a very different place to what they thought. They were relieved. They were happy. Um, they heard so many things that they'd wanted to hear that they thought they weren't going to hear not because they didn't get it on, simply because they'd never taken the time to have such a meeting before. They were all so close that life got in the way every time they tried. And at the end of the meeting, the father came over and held um, my hand between his two hands and thanked me profoundly. And and I really felt that I earned his respect in a nice way at that time. Um, so so that was a, a positive experience. And I think there's nothing wrong with with earning respect, but we can also freely give it, I think. And and it feels nice to do so. So that maybe younger generations don't feel they had to um, you know, there's nothing wrong with proving ourselves, of course, but also sometimes just literally extending it can feel like a very good thing to do and can make younger people grow, I think. Well, yeah. See, even uh even if someone doesn't have all the experience yet, showing them the respect of letting them be in the role and learning and the respect of helping them versus criticizing mm -hmm. them can be a very key as aspect of how how well they come out of it. 
So I think that's great. Um, what? Tell me about a leader that most influenced you. Um, oh, God, well, that's a good question. Um, a leader that most influenced me. I've seen so many good ones in my time. And because I, I have such high regard for family businesses and I, I've seen some enormously passionate and, and wonderful leaders um well from from a distance just observing them there were many you know family business leaders that I that I really respect and and try to learn from over the years and you know the passion and the values and the commitment and everything just you know I think that's that's why I fell in love with the space you know uh but I think my my very first chairman when I was in my my old job was someone I got on with really well and and I, there was an enormous amount of trust between us and he was sort of a generation older than me. And I think it, it had a profound effect on me that he trusted me the way he did and that we had a really good, had a really good sort of, you know, a dialogue where we saw eye to eye and we had the same goals. And, and it, um, it just felt like a very respectful relationship that I, that I joined an awful lot. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, again, when when somebody shows us the respect um, to to be able to learn and grow, it has such positive impacts going forward. And and those are the leaders that that really influence us in in the right sort of way to help others. Then when we turn around to the next generation and go mm-hmm. forward, yeah. Um, so if you're speaking with an upcoming leader, and you've mentioned some things already, and certainly in our conversation, what advice would you give an upcoming leader? at this point i would say be curious i say that to everybody by the way be curious about the other generation the older generation uh, they have made their mark on the business they have made their contribution either they founded it or they have taken it to wherever it's at right now um, show them respect because that is such a great way to start a conversation but also you know have a bit of patience that to everybody too but sometimes I think you know I'd say to the next generation probably needs to have a little bit more patience and the older generation may just to have to have a little bit more openness um so I think be patient but also um know your worth I don't think it's a bad thing I don't think it's a necessity but I don't think it's a bad thing to go grind your teeth and get some experience somewhere else before you come back to your business um, because then you come back with some inner credibility. You know that you've done something. You know you've achieved something out in the world, and nobody can take that away from you. Um, I would also say learn as much as you can, and um, if something doesn't work the first time, try a different way. You know, if the first door doesn't open, there might be another one that will open if you push. Um, start a conversation that you can have, because sometimes... Um, and I, I know I'm putting a lot on the next generation here, um, but sometimes we might not be able to have the conversation we most want to have. Let's say it's a specific business issue, but maybe we can start somewhere else, somewhere that's a little less threatening for the older generation. Maybe it's values, maybe it's vision, maybe it's something that actually unites. Um, and learn as much as you can, not just about the business and about business in general, but you know, also about the next generation. Find out how do they like to be communicated with and and use that to your advantage so that you have a better dialogue with them. Um, and trust your own worth. I think that's probably one of the 
the most fundamental things. You know, yes, we still need to learn. Yes, we still need to grow when we're young, but we have inherent worth and we have a contribution to make. And the more that I can encourage younger people to, to know that deep, deep, deep inside, the, the happier I am, because I think that's really vital. That's great advice, um, having people be comfortable in their own frame of mind and their own situation and circumstance. I think that's terrific advice. Well, you know, I've certainly enjoyed our conversation um, and, and I appreciate your insights and I know the audience was as well. So thank you so much for being part of this. My absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. And one last thing, if I may, I would also say to the next generation, go and find a mentor somebody you can talk things through with on a on a very regular basis, somebody who's lived through some of the things you're living through at the moment. It's just worth its weight in gold. So thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. That's great. Thank you. I want to thank Elizabeth Bagger for being with us today. And I especially want to thank you for listening to this episode of The Power of Respect. If you like what you heard today, please consider sharing the podcast and visit our website at expertsinhow.com. A quick reminder, if you'd like to read my book, The Power of Respect in Business, it's available on Amazon. In addition, my new book, The Power of Legacy and Family Business, should be out soon. Thanks again for listening. And remember, respect builds trust, trust builds relationships, and relationships are the key to leadership. This has been the Power of Respect podcast with Charlie Likewise, author of The Power of Respect in Business. To listen to more episodes and learn more about Charlie's leadership development programs, visit his website, expertsinhow.com.